Father in heaven, we want to thank you so much for this another day of life and this opportunity to be here together. Lord, we know that um, parenting and grandparenting, children in general are such a blessing, but it's a huge responsibility, and we're not up to that responsibility. We aren't capable of raising children or grandchildren the way that they need to be raised without your help. And Lord, we have come here this morning to hear a word from you. We have humans that will be speaking, but we know that you are the one that will actually be speaking. And so today we ask that our hearts will be opened, that our ears will be in tune to hear your spirit speaking. And Lord, I pray for Cinda and Amy and Megan as they share. They're sharing from um, their experience and their walk with you and their um, their chance that they've worked with their children, Lord, and um, we just ask that you will speak through them to us today, and thank you so much, in Jesus' name, amen. So for those of you who have come, um, Cinda Osterman, she, I, I imagine that most of you know who she is, but um, she will actually be uh, introducing the rest of the ladies here, so I'm just going to turn it over to her, and um, hope you are all blessed. Thank you. Well, that one's for her. I have been doing parenting seminars here at Camp Meeting off and on since 2007, so it's been 12 years. And this year I asked Megan Allen and Amy Austin to join me, and I'd like these ladies to stand up. I'm at the end of my parenting, and what I'm sharing works, but they're in the middle of it, and you still need to know it keeps working. So um, at Megan is going to be sharing from zero to nine. I'm going to do the principles. And she's going to share how to apply it for 0-9. She has two boys. Jonas is 9, and Evan is 6. And then Amy's going to be sharing 10-plus. She has three children, um, Kaylee, who is 15, Dylan, 13, and Elijah, 10. So we're going to do about 20 minutes here, 20 minutes save each of us, because we were cut down to one hour, so we're going to talk fast. So right after I get done, they're going to come on. Now, when we started putting this together, we got down, sat down, and we wanted to talk about what we felt was the most essential parts of child training. Now, of course, there's a lot more stuff we do than what we're sharing here, but we have five days to share, so we're sharing what we felt was the most important for those five days, and that's what we're going to be covering. Now, there's other principles that we have applied to this to make these principles that we're sharing work, and one is that we feel like godly parenting needs to be intentional that you have to put a lot of effort into it and just a lot of time spending with the Lord to make it happen. So we know that. And the second one is to guard the avenues to the soul, that we have to guard everything our children put through their mouth, through their sights, through their hearing, through their touch, their associations, their dress, their diets, all that is important. And the other was our screen time. And if any of you want to go to Scott Ritzema's, that would help you this afternoon to listen to his seminars. Um, uh, when we were, our children were little, it was very simple for us. All we had to do was get rid of a TV because computers weren't around and cell phones weren't around. So we just had to get rid of our TV. And the Lord blessed us and gave us a piano instead. So we made a trade with my husband's sister. And um, he, she wanted our, pian our, our TV and a gun 
and we wanted the family <laughs> piano, so we got the blessing. So we got the family piano. That's the only thing we had to worry about, so it wasn't the same. For Megan and Amy, it's very different because we live in a different world and a different technology. So both of them got rid of their TVs, and they're very limited on screen time because we're trying to save our children. Like I said, it's very intentional for what we do. Now, all the things that I've done in my life, and I've done a lot of fun things. I'm an older, I'm a grandma, only I don't have grandchildren. Matter of fact, I borrow Megan's. <laughs> so when I want grandbabies, I call her and ask if she'd bring the boys for the weekend. So it's good for them and it's good for us so we get to have some grandparenting time. And so, and I'm sure they're happy to bring them to us. But right now I work with adults and um, children on dyslexia, ADD, autism, and any learning issues. But the greatest reward that I have ever had in my life was parenting my own children. To me, that was the greatest blessing. And there's a reason. In Child Guidance 163, it says, no higher work was ever committed to mortals than the shaping of character. Children are not only to be educated, but trained as well. And who can tell the future of a growing child or youth? Let the greatest care be bestowed upon the culture of your children. One child properly disciplined in the principles of truth, who has the love and fear of God woven through the character, will possess a power for good in the world that cannot be estimated. Now with this child training, it's not just important for our children, but it's also important for you. Parenting brings about change. Godly parenting brings about transformation. You change in your own character. For me, it kept me spiritually safe. I had to set a godly example for my children. I had to stay on my knees praying for wisdom and guidance because I have none in myself. I had to keep in the word because I need to find answers on how to work with their hearts. It kept me close to Jesus because I needed to know his character so I could teach my children that same character. I need to be listening to the Holy Spirit who reveals my unchrist-like character often to me and convicted my heart of sin and the things that I needed to change. And I think that was the main point for me is that I was unrighteous and I needed to be righteous and I saw myself through my children. And I just ran across this quote the other day and I thought, this is amazing. This is exactly what it's like. Fathers and mothers may study their own character in their children. They may often read humiliating lessons as they see their own imperfections reproduced in their sons and daughters. When a child reveals the wrong traits which it has inherited from its parents, shall they, the parents, storm over this reproductions of their own defects? No, no, she says. Let parents keep careful watch over themselves, guarding against all coarseness and roughness, lest these defects we've seen once more in their children. And that's what I realized, that this child training was not just for them, but it was for me. And then she goes on to say, always bear in mind that they, the children, have received their perversity as an inheritance from the father or mother. Lord, have mercy that we pass these on to our children. Then bear with the children who have inherited your own traits of character. So like I said, I knew that my children's struggles were my struggles. So when they started struggling with authority, I had to go on my knees and ask the Lord, am I struggling with authority? And he said, yes, you don't accept your husband's authority over you. 
And I was a very rebellious teenager. Matter of fact, I was one of those motorcycle mamas. Can you imagine? But the Lord delivered me from that lifestyle, but I still had a rebellious spirit when I got married. So the Lord had to deal with my rebellion. But he was graceful to do that. And then there was times I was looking at dishonesty, disrespect, and like I said, kept soul-searching. Is it me? Is it my husband? If it was me, I made the changes. If it was my husband, I didn't feel like God called me to work with his. I knew God wanted me to work with his character, but there was a right way and a wrong way. So when I was, my daughter was struggling with teasing really bad, and it caused the other one to get angry and mad. So I asked the Lord, I don't know what to do about this. And he said, seek your husband's counsel. And I said, well, that's where it's coming from. <laughs> and the Lord said, seek your husband's counsel. So I went to my husband, and I said, I've done everything I know to do, and I don't know what else to do, and I'm looking for help. He said, let me pray about it and study, and I'll let you know. So he went off and spent time with God, and he came back, and he said, I am the problem. When I stop teasing, they will stop teasing. So the Lord does deliver us and change our characters because of our children. But it was during my devotional time that I studied what I needed for them. And then I would share it with my children. Our text this week is Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thy heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thy house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. Our parents, or as parents, our goal is always to teach our children diligently, to know God's word, to love Jesus, to learn how to surrender. And to do that, we have to sit at Jesus' feet. And the blessing is that as we sit at Jesus' feet and we learn and we teach our children, our children turn around and teach us. And that is so amazing when we can see them take the power of the Lord and run with it. We taught our children from an early age how to pray. And we lived in Phoenix, Arizona, and it, was, it never rains there. And we went to the Adventist bookstore to buy some stuff. And we didn't bring umbrellas. And we got in the car. We were almost there, and it started pouring down rain. And when we stopped, we were discussing between the two of us, what are we going to do? We didn't bring umbrellas. We're going to get soaked. And about this time, we heard some little voices in the back talking to Jesus and said, Jesus, stop the rain. And we looked at each other like, should we stop them? What should we do? But the minute they said, amen, the rain stopped, we went in the store, we shopped. It was pouring down rain again. We came out, it was raining. And again, Ron and I said, what should we do? And the little kids were praying, and God stopped the rain. And the Lord blesses the prayers of our children, and it also strengthened our faith. And then when they were about eight or nine, some of their friends were going out um, during Halloween, and they just felt like that was not a thing to do. So they started praying that God would stop the rain again, or bring the rain, like I said, Arizona again, but not just bring it at 6 o'clock, because kids were going to start going out at 7.30. They asked him to bring it at 6 o'clock, and don't stop the rain until an hour after sundown when it was too late for the kids to go out. At 6 o'clock, it poured down rain and kept raining until 9.30, and then it stopped. So there was no way the kids could go out trick-or-treating. Now, that taught us a faith. So a couple months after that, maybe a year or so, my um, parents and I were out in the woods because we, at that time, heated with wood, so we had to go out and cut everything. And my dad lost four screws to his chainsaw and said, we might as well go home. There's nothing I can do. So my husband gathered us around, and we prayed, and we said, Lord, we've missed four little screws in this field of the woods. Show us where they are. 
I am so thankful he put them all in one spot because he showed us where to go. We picked up the four screws, put them in the chainsaw, and off we went. Now, that was because our faith was strengthened because of what we saw in our children. And I remember one time our little daughter came back from Sabbath school, and something was shared in the Sabbath school lesson that she didn't think it was right. And I was getting Sabbath meal ready, and she was about eight at this time. It was autumn. And um, so she pulled out the Bible and her concordance and the Bible commentaries. And, I mean, she was in paper and pencil, and she was diligently searching and writing. And what are you doing? And she said, well, the Sabbath school teacher said something that just didn't sound right to me. And I, I'm researching to see if it was truth. And was talking about, well, whether or not we would have our identities when we go up to heaven. And people recognize us. And she thought, yes, they would by our personalities and identity. But the teacher thought they wouldn't. So she found out they would and wrote it all down. And then I thought, and then she was going to give it to the teacher. It's like, oh. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, can I read it after you write it? Because <laughs> I didn't know what she was going to say. And she wrote this beautiful letter thanking her for her dedication to the school and for calling her to higher ground. That after she read this, she was so impressed that she went home and studied it out. And this is the light that she found and thanked her so much for sharing it with her. And the lady said, I was just blown away by this letter, one, that the child was listening, and that she went home and researched what I said to find if it was true. So the Lord does use our children. And I remember when Stacy was little, she wanted to go deeper in her prayer time. And so she asked her father if she could sit in on his prayer time. And um, he said yes, and um, so she did. And I started noticing after that, her prayer time took on a whole new dimension. And so I asked her, can I sit in on your prayer time? I wanted to hear how she prayed. And so we knelt down and she said, Daddy, can I crawl in your lap right now? I really need to talk to you. There's something that's really on my heart that's hurting me. Can I crawl in your lap, Daddy? And she always felt safe getting in her earthly father's lap when something really bothered her. So it was okay to talk to her heavenly father to get in his lap. And then she said, you know my toe? I have problems with my toe. I have this ingrown toenail, and I just can't take care of it. And when she got done, I thought, Lord, one, I, I reverence you, but sometimes it keeps me a little distant to you. She didn't feel that distance. She said, Daddy, I want to get in your lap. And I said, help me to consider you my father, my daddy, and that I want to get into your lap. I want to get as close as I can. And a toe is nothing. It's OK to ask about a toe. Thank you for letting me see how much a child can love you and praise you and trust you. And so they turned around and taught us. Now, we're actually going to be talking to the mothers, but we want you to know that fathers, this is important for you too. We could not be where we are without the fathers. My husband prayed constantly, morning, every morning and every night. I know he takes us before the throne of God. I know that. He prays when I have a problem, I don't know what to do. He seeks for answers. He leads out in family worship. You know, I could not do this. And I know both of us have heavenly, we have earthly husbands that love the Lord and are seeking to know him. And they care about their children just as much. So we could not do this. But the reason why we're focusing on mothers is we feel like God has asked the mother to work with the characters of their children. There's a statement that says, Christ loves the children. He watches mothers to see if they are forming the characters of their little ones according to the perfect pattern. That's an Atlantic Union Gleaner, um, May 21, 1902. 
I just put these in this morning because during my worship time, the Lord showed these with me, so <laughs> they're not in my PowerPoint. But if mothers neglect to properly educate their children, their neglect is reflected back upon them, making their burden and perplexities harder than they would have been if they had devoted time and patient care in training their children to obedience and submission. It will pay in the end for mothers to make the formation of the characters of their children their first and highest consideration, that the thorns may not take root and yield an abundance harvest. God calls upon mothers to become co-workers with him in the reformation, or the formation, sorry, of the character of their children. That's in Child Guidance 563 and also on Health Reformer, August 1st, 1872. So like I said, we, oops, sorry about that, Megan, we can't do this without our husbands. Now, Megan's going to be sharing how to apply, because as mothers, we need to sit at the feet of Jesus, but how do you do that? Because we're busy, busy people. So she's going to share how it looks and what it looks like for the small children. Amy's going to share how it looks like for the older children, and then I will come up and share a little, simple Bible study that you can use. Thank you so much, Cinda. You know, I am so blessed because... I live like a mile and a half from her, <laughs> and she really does take my children. But I want you to know that um, my, my life is, I, I was a teacher before this, and um, when, I, when I worked with uh, one class in a public school, this one teacher had this saying, she had her kids say it every day, and it stuck with me, and it sticks with me even today, and it goes like this, good, better, best, never let it rest till your good is better and your better is best. And um, then they'd start there. We sing out loud and clear. No, anyways. <laughs> but good, better, best. And that is really how I live my life um, because it's God who, who's working in me to do it, right? So as you're, as you're listening, and before when I was listening, it's like a fire hose, right? There's just so much to take in. And um, I, I guess if there's one thing I really want to express to you or I really hope that you take away from here is that even if you just walk away with one little piece that you think, I could do that, I could do that just a little bit better, then praise the Lord because that's your little bit better that you're working on, right? And that's kind of what I did as I learned and grew. That's where I went. This is my family, my husband, Jeff, and you already heard about my boys. This is actually a recent little vacation, and it was. I just wanted you to see them. Um, but as we are talking right now, we're really talking a lot about, we're, I'm going to talk to you about worship time. And before I tell you a little about, about my past, I just want to tell you, these are my goals. Because like Cinda said, we really need to be intentional. That's such a big word for me. Um, I really want my children to create a habit of spending time with Jesus every morning. And as I tell you this, it's because I come from a place where they talked about Sabbath, about being a cultural Adventist. That was me, and I didn't know how to do this. And I'll be telling you a little more about that in just a moment. But here's my next goal. I really want my kids to know the stories of the Bible. The reality is my, my husband, who didn't grow up as an Adventist, he, he doesn't know all the stories. And I'll be like, yeah, you remember that story about Daniel and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego in high school? I was talking to him about this, and he was like, uh, no, I don't know that story. And that blew my mind that he didn't know the story. So then even in high school, I thought, my kids, they're going to know the stories like I did. And then the next one is I really want them to navigate their Bibles. This goal came from the fact that I didn't. 
again, cultural Adventists had a Bible, had four or five maybe even, but did I know how to find Exodus or Leviticus or even Hebrews? I still get frustrated because Colossians is always tricky for me to find. <laughs> I flip past it about five times before I get there. So I want my kids to know how to use their Bibles. And then the last and probably the most important that really kind of goes with what Cinda was saying is that I want them to see an example of how to have a personal relationship with Christ through me, through my Bible study time, through my husband. I want them to see that through us. As I mentioned before, I really did not know how to have a study with God. And as I had my children... It, it really, in, co in college, God was working on my heart, and I was trying to have morning studies, and then, you know, the preacher would say, well, Jesus rose early in the morning, and I would say, yeah, I'm going to rise early in the morning, and I'm going to have this time with Jesus so then I can teach my children how to have it. But raise your hand, or maybe you don't want to raise your hand, it seems to me that the earlier I would rise, the earlier my children would rise, Amen. and it was a fail every single time. And I would think, Lord, help me, I really want to do this for you, but I'm just sure the devil was in there pinching them or something, and they couldn't. And so I thought, Lord, I need your help. What can I do then? So here's how it started off. I, I put these little pictures in here because I can just, in my mind, I can see it. Jonas is one, maybe even a little less than one. And we're sitting at the kitchen table. I was really trying hard to lose weight, and he would be so slow eating his food, and then I would be like, mm, maybe I'll have a bite of that. And that was making it tricky to lose weight. And I thought, I need to, it was two goals. I need to lose weight. I need to stop eating after breakfast, but I also really need to have this time with Jesus. So I just did it at breakfast. And um, I would eat, we would, and then afterwards I would say to Jonas, um, it's time to spend time with Jesus. And I would fold his little hands, his sticky little whatever he was eating hands, and I would say, dear father, help mommy understand this story and help Jonas be blessed too. Amen. And he would say, amen. <laughs> and so I started with Desire of Ages, and I would just read out loud from what he, I don't know if he was getting any of it. I have no idea, but I was being blessed abundantly. Even times I remember I'd be a little tearful, and then I'd have to giggle and laugh and say, it's okay, and he would say, yeah. And then I have this picture in here because this picture's in my book. He loved this picture. And he would say, Jesus, donkey, Jesus, Jesus on the donkey. And I'd say, oh, yeah, it took me a couple of minutes to figure out. But then after a while, he loved it so much he wanted to hold it. And then my book would get sticky. So I had to make a photocopy of it. And, and he would listen to it and look at it. And I can just see his little bright smile as I would be doing my worship. And he would be just kind of following along, too. And so then at the end, we would sing, Hosanna, blessed be the rock, you know, and he just joined in, and that's how my morning devotional worship started. Now, again, could it be better? Yes, but in the beginning, it was beautiful, right? It's just the first step, and that was okay, and God was still using that in a beautiful, beautiful way. So as we went, maybe I'm not quite ready for that one yet, <laughs> as we went on, um, I we, sorry, as we went on, I tried having, because Jonas got older and he needed more, I tried having him do other things like listening to a CD player to do some of his story time or reading, but you know, all of that takes training too, right? Because if you give a CD player or a tape player to your kitty, you say, okay, it's your turn while I'm having my worship, and then they're like, mom, 
it's broken or the tape is coming out and then you're like, okay, this isn't working still. So I guess what I want to give you now is a few tips that will help you through as you're going. And so actually, if you would look at your handout, it's on the very last page. I want to go through right now and just share with you some of the supplies that have really, really helped me, okay? So it's the very last page. And I also kind of put on there how much they cost, where you could get them from. And my very favorite supply, I am sad to say they don't even really make anymore, but you can buy it on eBay. And I, I even have one because as I was researching this, I found one that was cheaper than $100. And I was like, oh, I'm going to buy that because somebody will want that. So if you decide you want this, just come see me and I will just, you, we can talk together about that. Because <laughs> I think I paid like 40 for it. Um, this is called the Any Book Reader, and I just got to show you why I love this, because you know how those CD players and tape players are such a pain, right? Especially when you're first trying to teach your children. This is so beautiful, and you can get them on eBay, by the way. You can take any book you want to, and it has these little white stickers inside the book, inside the box, and you can put the little white sticker on it, and then at family worship time with my husband, or if grandma came to visit, or if, even if they were with Cinda, I don't know if Cinda did this or not, but um, they would, you can record while you're reading it to the child. So I'll just show you. Turns on just with one button. All the child has to know is how to turn that button on. That's easy, okay? And then they just push the white dot. Basket caper. Paul's escape from Damascus. See, I had, the, I had the children do the beep beep, so they beeped and then they would turn the page. And then as they, as our husband, as my husband read through it, then it would just go here. Now, this is now recorded, and every time we touch that button, they can hear this story. So your non-readers who are having a hard time with worship, they can be sitting across the way from you while you have your worship stuff, and they can pick these up. Now, I use not just these little these little books you can find on ABC. I think you buy them a lot of different places. Um, but I also use their Sabbath school lesson. So sometimes I would put, now, if I was really organized, which I did this, if I'm honest, only once. <laughs> but I will show it to you. It is possible. You can put the sticker on, and then I labeled it. Like, Monday, you're going to read this. On Tuesday, you're going to, I read it from the Bible. This is from the Bible. On Wednesday, I actually have a little paper in here with a dot on it. On Thursday, so I actually, and I did it all on one Sunday. I think I just had extra time and wanted to see if I could do it. <laughs> but, um, and he loved it. He drew pictures. It was so interactive. And at the same time, I was able to have my own worship time without interruption. Now, that leads me to the next thing that's really important is morning routine really helped because my worship time usually takes an hour but my children probably only take 10 minutes especially my youngest 10 15 minutes to do their worship time and so right here are my morning routine and notice there's pictures and um actually this is like probably the second try at it so when i'm doing worship and they wake up usually a little bit after me. They come out. They see me already doing my worship. And so I say, okay, check your list. What's next? So they go and get a drink of water. I didn't put bathroom on there because they do that without me telling them to. And, but I do. The very second thing is worship. So they go and do their worship, and then they're done. And then 
they have a tendency to just kind of want to goof, or, and then that's distracting to me because I think, okay, it's 8 o'clock, we have to be somewhere at 9 o'clock, or it's 7.30, we need to be there at 9 o'clock, we're never going to make it, you know? So all I have to do is say to them, uh, Jonas, Evan, did you check your list? What's next? And so they go back and they look. Did they take their shower? Did they brush their teeth? See, now, by the time they get done with this list, we're ready for breakfast, we're ready to share what we learn, and we're ready for the day. And my goal at home is to be out the door by 9 o'clock. But that's because I, I'm able to stay at home. But that doesn't mean this wouldn't work for you if you have school or other places. It just, you start a little earlier. <laughs> or maybe your list looks a little different. We can take showers in the, in the morning, but um, if we're really rushed for time, we take the shower at night. So it's, it's not that big of a deal. So this helps immensely. It gives them something to do while I finish my time with Jesus. And I even say these, oh, did you have a question? Second to the last one, um, bathroom and bedroom floor because I just hate when I go past their room and there's clothes all strewn. It makes me crazy. So they have to pick that up before they're done for the day. <laughs> and then feed the cat and the dog. And see, those are Velcro, so then they get to take turns. Because what you don't see is um, change or you know scoop the kitty litter, but that's part of the feeding the cat too. It's all one deal there. <laughs> it just doesn't say it. They know though. And so... Sorry, I got distracted where I was going, but that's that, and that's really helpful. So I'm going to just keep moving. This is Evan. This is him across the room from me. Actually, you'll see in a couple pictures where I sit. So he actually got dressed before he did his worship this time, and isn't he so cool? Um, that actually, I have these two. That was another thing I wanted to point out to you, is that... Um, you can find resources random places. This was Ollie's Bargain Outlet. I don't even know if these exist anymore, but they're kind of the same thing. They just have a picture with a pen, and they point to it, and there's different words. And I checked it for biblical accuracy. It's pretty good. And even if I did find something that was wrong, it would be a conversation between him and I. And we would because I would have done this with them at family worship first, okay? So we've used that. And one more resource I want to share with you because I just think it's powerful and really good is, you know, Scott, you all know about Scott Ritzema, right? And he has that Belt of Truth ministry. This is where I bought this. It's called At His Feet. They're CDs. <coughs> These are phenomenal, okay? They are probably my very favorite thing, and I'm having Evan use it. He's on disc four. My problem is he really likes disc two. So if I'm not quick to check, he'll be doing disc two for the whole year. I'm just sure of it. <laughs> so I have to check to make sure I know what disc he's on, but I just wanted to play a little bit for you so you can hear it. It's a very short little bit. Um, but, you know, there's like, but there's all these different, okay, so these are my tools. This is what he's used. Now he's trained. He hardly ever has problems with this. I had to train him outside of worship time, though. And he's a distraction to us, so he has to use headphones, which he thinks is really cool. So he's got his own little pair of headphones. And um, here, this is like 40 seconds in, okay? Or maybe it's not, but it starts off with a hymn. I'll just, I'll just stop it there. And then this lovely lady comes out and she goes, good morning, little one. I'm so glad to see you. And then she's praying. And then they pray together. So he's got his little earphones on. And I see him sitting there like this. And then I hear him say, dear father. And he's just copying what she says to say. And then I hear him singing. Da -da 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 -da. 
and usually it's a memory verse song. And because he loves discs too, I wish he were here because he could just sing the whole frankincense and myrrh and the whole song. And he's got it all memorized. I did nothing. Also, with that pen, I did memory verses with this pen. So what if we had a memory verse thing, I would do that. And people would say, how did you get your child to learn that memory verse? Seriously, didn't do anything. I recorded it on this, and then every morning he did it by himself, and every morning he just practiced that, and he sucked it right into his own memory. So that's why this is so, like, great. You can do it for anything, right? And so, and then I want to hold him accountable. So one last thing that I did was I pulled out a journal. I actually learned this from Cinda. This was his this morning's one. Um, this is, I know this is messy, but this is Jesus coming back to earth. These are people running because they haven't given their heart to Jesus. And, but this person right here is happy. He just told me that today. And then all these squiggles, I don't know why they're running through Jesus, but those are like the earth and the sun and the moon and the stars. And that was his explanation of it this morning. This was today, okay? So it's not like we only use this once in a while. It's This is what we're doing every day, okay? So then this is my older son. And really to close out, I have about four minutes left. Really to close out, he is nine. So I wanted him also to be able to have this personal time with Jesus. So we talked about the littlest, but now what happens when they start reading? So at seven, he kind of started to read, but he wasn't able to read by himself. So during that period, I had to sort of set aside my worship stuff to do worship with him. When I finished with him and he went to his chore list, then I would keep doing my stuff, okay? So I would sit next to him and we, oh, I forgot to bring it, but... You know the um, Sabbath school lessons by the My Bible, Bible my First. Bible Thank first. you. Is that yeah. on my list? <clears throat> my Bible First is so rich. It is so good. Even if you don't use that in your Sabbath school lessons, buy them. Just get them. They're cheap. They're so cheap. And I bound his together. Actually, you can kind of see it right there. That's it. I just bound it together. Um, because I'm kind of a geek. I have a binder at my house. <laughs> so anyways, but, and it, how we started was I would read it and he would find the verse. That was really hard. So just finding the verse was tricky. Then I would read the verse. And then it went to I would read it, he would find the verse, and he would read the verse. And then it went to he would read it, I would find the verse and read the verse. And then it went to him being able to do it all by himself. By the time he was eight, he could do it all the way by himself. It might take him a half an hour, but praise the Lord, he could do it, you know? And he was loving it. This is him just a few months ago. He's nine now. He does this automatically. I don't even have to ask him to do it because the routine is already in place. And then I'll think, did he really do it? So I'll say, Jonas, what'd you learn about? And he's like, oh, mom, I learned about the Pharisees and blah, 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 blah. And he's my talker, you know? He'll just, he's me. <laughs> He gets everything. He's mine. <laughs> Evan is Jeff's. Jonas is mine. <laughs> you know, so he just talks and he'll tell me all about the things he's learning. I had to put one more slide in. And this is my, this, the reason I know this is messy looking, but I wanted you to see real life. First of all, did you notice the sock on the middle of the floor? told you it makes me crazy anyways <laughs> but this is where I'm sitting this is my worship pile my journal my pen my everything what you can't see is across the room is Evan sitting in the chair doing his little pen but Jonas is kneeling you see 
I am learning about how to have good worship skills, right? And I pray often in lots, but I don't often kneel. However, my husband does. And in the morning when my children come out, they see us worshiping. And then when I was preparing for this, I realized, oh, my son is kneeling to pray. I did not teach him that. He saw my husband do it. And when he saw my husband do it, he internalized that, and he's finishing up his worship right now, and this is how he finished. <laughs> Praise the Lord, right? So good, better, best. Never let it rest because you know what? We're training our kids for eternity. And I'm so excited to hand the mic off to Amy now because she's got the older kids, and I'll be taking notes because I, <laughs> I need more. So here she is. I have to say that I'm uh, still learning this as we go, but exactly, you do what you know and what you can, you learn, you get better, and with the Lord's help, we will make it to his kingdom with our children. So this was also very important, what Megan talked about, because when you develop good habits when your children are little, it's so much easier for that to continue as they get older as you're intentional about teaching them how to pray and how to have their personal time with Jesus, they get in the habit, they get in those routines. Routines are so important. And I see that because as my children are now between 10 and 15, there's not a whole lot that I have to do. They, they know the routine, they get up and they do their little things and then they sit down to have their worship. And some of the time I'm checking with them to see how it's going, talking with them about what they studied. A lot of times over breakfast, we'll talk about what they learned in their personal time with Jesus. So there's, there's still some interaction and there's still some direction, um, but they know what they should be doing. And the neat thing is, as our children get older, um, their study time gets a little bit longer. It gets a little bit deeper. It's more independent of you and it's more involved. Um, they begin studying on their own to develop their own relationship with Jesus, and they begin to study topics that help them start to own their beliefs and the things that we have taught them since they were young. And it's just a really beautiful thing to be able to see that develop and happen. So at this point, um, there are some resources that you can use and introduce into, to your children to help them with this. Um, the concordance, it's a very big book, so if they're young, you might have to help them get it down. Obviously, you want to show them how to use all of these resources so that they're proficient at finding words in the concordance, the Old Testament and the New Testament. Um, the SDA commentaries are really neat to have. Um, my children don't have devices. I do have the commentary on my phone, which is really handy, so sometimes I'll let them use it. Or we do have the books downstairs that they can get if they want to understand what a verse is saying or just get a little background. They have small Bible dictionaries. Ellen White books are very helpful, especially if you're studying the Gospels or the Old Testament. You can get out patriarchs and prophets, and they can read a little bit of the background and the history of some of the things that they are studying um, if your children do have devices, there are a lot of Bible study apps. Blue Letter Bible is one of them, has a lot of information. Um, and one thing that my children have is I want all of them to have a journal because I want them to study, and I don't want them just to think these things in their head, but I want them to be able to write these things down, to remember it, to study, to write notes as they go. 
Um, another thing that somebody else told me, I think this was a couple of years ago actually, maybe it was a, it was Justin Ringstaff who did the seminar, and it was here at camp meeting, and maybe it was about worship, I don't remember, but anyway, something that he uses every morning in his worship, he writes down a thought or a principle or a quote, something that he wants to remember on an index card, and then he puts that index card in his pocket, and I love that because his goal was to share it. And so I have become very big into index cards, not because I put them in my pocket, but because I put them into my Bible, and so whenever I take my Bible someplace, I have these studies, these thoughts. Um, but my children have journals, and they write down something that they learned, a principle or something. And then also, I also have them write something that they are thankful for as well in that journal. And so those are things that can help them along in their study. So there are many things that preteens and teenagers can do um, in their personal time with Jesus. Um, some of these things actually I do as well, so it's kind of handy. One of the things that my daughter and I have done together in the past is we did a year-long Bible reading plan, and it was really neat. It was a book um, all together. It had the reading. It had the space to write a journal entry, um, and it was really neat because since we were reading the same things during um, our morning time with Jesus, we could talk about those things and we can discuss the principles. And it was really, really neat because, you know, things stick out to me that don't stick out to her. But she has some wonderful, beautiful thoughts as well um, from her perspective and her experience that she was able to share with me. And so it was a really nice time of sharing as well as being able to read the entire Bible through and journal with that. Um, also, my children um, have read Ellen White books. My daughter is in the middle of reading Daughters of God. And so she has enjoyed that very much and other various books from Ellen White. Um, my son found that he was outgrowing the Sabbath school lessons for his age, and he actually started studying the adult Sabbath school lesson um, and has enjoyed reading that and filling that out and studying that very much. Another thing that I highly recommend that everyone have, kids and adults in their personal time with Jesus, is scripture memorization. It's very, very important, and you start if you start when they're young, if you do it in family worship, and if you show them how to do it when they're young um, in their personal time with Jesus, then it just carries on to when they're older. One of the things that we did when the kids were young, actually, was we developed a scripture ABCs, and so this actually happened because we were sick. The kids were sick one Sabbath. We needed something to do, but we took every letter out of the alphabet, A through Z, and we found a Bible verse that went with that. And so A is a soft answer turns away wrath, and that's Proverbs 15.1. And so now, even now, we did that probably seven or eight years ago, and actually just six months ago or so, the kids and I recited all of our ABC scripture memorization up for the 13th Sabbath program. And so it stuck with us. Whenever I have to deal with a problem, I'm like, M, what does M say? And we talk about it, or O, or whatever, and they remember. And so um, I didn't bring a sample of it. I guess maybe I should have brought a sample, but I didn't want to hand out mine to you because it's really neat to go through it as a family and find those verses that will help you, that you can memorize um, and use for your family. So that's neat. We've also used... And we still do scripture. If we want a long passage, this is just a card with, um, this is Revelation 14, 6 through 12, and we laminate it. So then we all have one. We can keep it in our Bible or with our worship stuff. And then we just keep going over that. You can also review it at family worship together. 
So those are handy. Um, another uh, resource that I have is I just actually made these myself. They're character offense flashcards. And so whatever the offense might be, if your child is uh, dealing with disrespectfulness, this says disrespect on the front, it's the offense. On the back side, what the Bible says about disrespect, and there's a Bible verse, Romans 13, 2. And then at the bottom, I put scripture weapon. You can fight the urge to be disrespectful with respect. And it has uh, Hebrews 13, 17, and a verse for that. Um, I'm selling these. I can't sell them right here, but if you're interested, you can uh, talk to me. But these are really neat for memorizing scripture, too. If they're dealing with a problem, they can get this out. Actually, just this morning, my son... Um, chose one of these uh, to work on, and so they use these for their uh, scripture memorization as well. And so they can have a verse not just on what the problem is, but how can I take care of that problem with the Lord's help? And so that's very nice. So some other things that I want to show you, I wanted to show you, I think you have, you got a handout. There were two pieces of paper that had different Bible studies on them, because really the Bible obviously, is your very best tool for your personal worship. You want to get them right into the Word. Devotionals are great, and they're fun. My children love to read them, but they don't help you to dive into God's Word to actually study and to dig. And so it's important that they actually get into the Word of God and that they're not just reading a little verse and a story that goes with it if you really want them to learn to study God's Word for themselves. So I want to show you a couple. Um, the first one is the topic study, and I'm going to briefly tell you about a couple of them. And one of them is the topic study. Um, it's simple. You pick a topic. It could be a topic that your child wants to study. And let me tell you also, before I go through these, you can practice these in your family worship. You can go through these little cards in your family worship to show them how they might go about this during their time with Jesus by themselves. And so you show them, you practice it with them, and then you let them do it in their own um, study time. So you might choose a topic with this uh, topic study. It could be respect if they have a problem with that. It might be the second coming if they want to learn about that or if they, um, about angels or God's love. It could be anything. And first you would just go through your Bible. You could use the concordance um, and you find all the Bible verses that have to do with the topic that you chose. And then you might, you would study some of those topics. So this would actually get you into a verse study, which is a little more in depth, and you can find information about that. Uh, but you would study those verses, and you would arrange those verses into um, a different order. You use all the references that you might be interested in using, the concordance or the dictionary, the commentary, anything um, that's helpful. And it's really neat. One of my sons, as he has done this, actually it was Stacy Shepka, um, Cinda's daughter, in J2, I think it was last year, she showed them um, a salvation study that was, was it six or seven Bible verses? Seven Bible verses. Well, he thought that was so neat that he wanted to write these seven-point Bible verses or Bible studies on lots of different topics. And so he would study these Bible topics he would find seven Bible verses that he could actually go through and understand the top topic and maybe even present it to somebody. And he would arrange them into Bible studies, having done this topic study. And I thought that was so neat. You can also do Bible marking with these um, topic studies. And actually, Dylan has done that as well. He likes to have the studies right in his Bible. So he's marked them, and he puts the little verse that he goes to next in it, and he marks the next one. 
And that has been really fun for them. And he took the initiative to do that himself because he wanted to study these topics. And so you can format it however is good for you, however um, your child uh, would like to remember it. But it's just a good way to study out different topics and then to keep them for later use. Um, another one is the principal search, and you can look at some of these because I don't have a whole lot of time. Um, there's also the picture it, and you could use that one for young children as well. But you know, even some old children, depending on how their brain works, how they study, how they learn, how they remember things, um, pictures are not a problem for them either. But then you know, you would maybe want to have them journal or write down some thoughts or explain um, what they've written. Um, and then there's the focus on Jesus, which is a, is a beautiful, beautiful study. This might take you a few days. You can use the desire of ages to help you find out the background and the setting, but you go through all of those questions. You could even just give them a little card and they could write things down on this card. Um, but we've enjoyed doing these studies in Sabbath school. You can actually whip them out at prayer meeting if you, for some reason, need to. Um, we've used them for a lot of different things. The last one I wanted to show you my daughter thinks this one is fun, and actually, it's, it's very, very simple. It's called Three Passes. And it's very simple, but it's neat because it helps them to think a little deeper and not just the surface level of a Bible verse. So we did, we've done this quite a few times. We like to do it when there's people over at our house uh, for worship as well. And it's exactly what it says, Three Passes. You pick just one Bible verse. So one time we picked 1 Corinthians 9.19. If you have your Bibles, you can look up 1 Corinthians 9.19. If not, I can read it as well. It says, For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win the more. And so you read it the first time, and then just like it says, you pick out a lesson that you... Um, you see in that verse, just even the first lesson that comes to you, and you write that down. So I, I like to hand out index cards, whether it's family worship or they do it on their own in their personal worship or, or whatever the case may be, um, index cards. So they write down the first lesson that comes to them, and then we read the verse again, and we read it all the way through, and then we give them time the second time to find another lesson in that verse that stood out to them. And maybe the second time it's not gonna just pop right out like it does the first time. And so they read it over and they think about it and they write down their second one. And then three passes, we do it a third time. And they pick out a third lesson. And this usually takes a little more time and a little more searching. What is the Bible saying to me? What else is there in this verse? When it came to 1 Corinthians 9.19, one of them, the three lessons they had, I should be a servant to all with no exclusions. Then number two, my purpose is saving souls. And number three, even though I don't have to, I can choose to. And so after you um, get done studying that verse and after you write down your three uh, lessons that you can learn from it, you might ask yourself, you know, what is the lesson that I can take with me? What do I want to remember for today? What can I share with someone? What is most meaningful for me right now? And you would write an application. What will I do with what I just studied? And so there, those are just a few of the ways that you can help your children um, have direction. The biggest thing 
the biggest thing is without a plan, even us as adults, we often wander, right? Without a plan and knowing exactly what we're gonna do, sometimes nothing gets accomplished. And so we wanna give our children in their personal time with Jesus, we wanna give them direction and we wanna give them focus so that they know how to study God's word. We wanna give them the tools so they can actually accomplish something. The Bible says that we should study to show thyself approved. And so it's our job as parents to show them how to do it, to model it, but then to also give them the tools so that they can do that and so that they can learn to study the Bible for themselves so that it can become enjoyable. Sometimes, you know, my son, as we've learned to study through these things, he's like, now this is fun. He doesn't like to just wander and not have a plan. He likes to know exactly what he's supposed to do. And little Bible studies like this have done that for him, and so it's made it enjoyable. Um, and it's made it enjoyable for me, too. So I just hope that those will be a blessing. Thank you, ladies. I'd like to share the very last thing. But before I do, there's a couple things that she brought up that made me think. Um, start your children's Ellen White library right away. Mm -hmm. So we started at a very early age before, before our children were even reading. Every birthday and every Christmas, they got a Spirit yeah. Prophecy book. So they had, oh, her too. That way they had their own library. And I tell you, it's when like, you go to pick one of those books up, they say, do I have it? Do I have it? So we always made sure we studied out of one they had. And they were so excited to be in the Word. So start those right away, that way they have their home. And now they have a whole library. By the time they leave your home at 18, they have their own library, and they've already learned how to use the books, and they love the books. So start early with their library. The other is the journal books. You can get them at Walmart for $4 or something, really cheap. In their journal books when they were little, I put in their Bible patterns, so they would have patterns mm -hmm. on how to study the Word. If you don't have any, I've been here long enough. There's a lot of resources that, of my stuff that's already out there. If not, let me know. I'll email it to you. So there's a lot of Bible patterns, or prayer patterns, I should say, that they have. There's a lot of Bible ways to study the Bible, so I put those in their books. So those were already in their journal books that they can use. In their journal books, they also had a section for prayers answered, ask for questions, and then their answers. They also had promises in there. I had one book just for promises that whenever they were fighting, one needed to claim how to overcome anger. The other one had to claim about teasing. So their Bible promises were always in there that they could claim in the morning. So get a journal, put those things in there. They'll have them for life. You can do the index cards, too. We did that, too, where they had index cards. They could pull them out. And we always had a precious gem book. It was A to Z. I just got a notebook, paper in it, A to Z, and it was called a gem, precious gem, is what it's called. When you're studying, you're going to find things that don't relate to what you're studying, but really amazing stuff. Write down the text first, so when you found it, you'll lose it, and then write it down what that concept is or that whatever. And then they'll get a whole section, and when they don't know what to study, they will go back and look through those A to Zs and find out, well, they picked up 10 things on angels. That must have really impressed them. So then they did a study on angels. Next time, maybe they picked up the sanctuary, and they go, oh, look, I have five verses already in the sanctuary. I'm going to go study the sanctuary. So it's called Precious Gems, and that's what she called it, Precious Gems. So we had a Precious Gem book that they could just start adding that stuff to them. Also, get your kids, I don't know if you're on the apps and everything, get them in the Word. Make sure those cordances are in front of them, Bibles are in front of them. Spirit prophecy books are in front of them. There's nothing like the Word. Also, I want to teach them how to color code. So in color coding, I Xerox their pages first so they learn how to color code nice. We didn't just mark everything in yellow or mark everything in blue. Everything was marked. If it had to do with Jesus, 
on God royalty, maybe heaven, we did it in purple. If it had to do the blood of Christ, we did it in red. If it had to do a promise, we did it in yellow. If it had to do faith, we did it in green. These were actually colors that I picked from the Bible. Blue was obedience, green was faith. So I picked the Bible colors that she says represent something. And I taught them how to color code. So when they sat down, they loved to color code. I mean, when you get your children coloring, they love to color. I don't care what it's in. And they would go and color their Bible, and it's beautiful. They open it up now, and they know what it is. Oh, that one's on faith. This was on um, righteousness. This is on God's kingdom. They know what it is just by the color. And they love it. They never argue. They want, is it time for worship? Is it time for worship? Or what are we going to study today? I'm just so excited. And that's what it's all about, our children being excited about God's word. So we want them. And that seven verses that she was talking about, Stacy shared, Stacy was six years old, and she said, I want to get Bible studies. And I said, okay, I'm going to give you seven texts. And she didn't even know how to read. So I said, I need to teach how to read first. I just started with those seven texts, taught her how to read those. And then we went door to door, and she gave Bible studies. No one turns down a seven-year-old given a study. Anyway, she gave this study, and at the end it said that you have to commit to the Lord, and then if they made a decision for the Lord, then she would walk them through how to make that decision. If they said no, they weren't ready to give their hearts to the Lord, she'd close it, and she said, okay, well, let me know when you're ready, and she'd get up to leave. They said, well, what's the rest? And she said, well, you're not ready for the rest because you didn't give your heart to the Lord. Let me know when you're ready, and then I'll come back and give the rest. <laughs> they said, oh, okay, and then they'd call her and say, okay, I'm ready for the rest. You know, so it was just seven simple Bible <coughs> verses. And if you don't have that, let me know, and I'll get that to you too. So this one is very easy. It's called Soak or Soap. I actually use soap. I want to soak in the Word. On the Internet, it's called Soap, Cleansed by the Word. And this is very simple to do. And I give you in your handout, you will have four of them that you can study. Now, this is very simple, but mine goes deep as much time as I have, and I have a lot of time now because my children aren't in the home, but I always find, read a chapter, and I'm doing the first, I did first Samuel, I'm just finished up second Samuel, um, the last two verses, the last two chapters, I'm on 23 today, and tomorrow will be 24, so I'll be finishing this one. So what I do is, as I'm studying, I write down either one main concept that I've just read out of that chapter, or several, it depends on how the Lord talks, or maybe the whole chapter concepts. Anyway, when I was studying, through this, the Lord brought it back to my heart again that God calls us as women to work with the characters of your family, with your children and with your husband. Well, because I master my children, it was just so natural for me to try to master my husband. You know, you work on his character. I don't like what you're doing. You need to make some changes here, you know. So I master over my children. The Lord said, uh-uh, all you're doing is closing off his heart. You know, that's not how you respond to your husband. You're a servant under your husband. So when I was reading, again, in 2 Samuel, we were just doing, um, we worked for the Michigan, with the Michigan Conference for Family First and all the family stuff, and we lead out in prayer for the one that's on devotions, or what is that, the marriage ones, the marriage retreats. And um, the Lord, I was just morning, I was reading, rereading this, and I thought, oh, I remember when the Lord took me through this. It was on the wrong way to work with your husband's heart, and it's how uh, Michael did it when Saul's daughter and she was called Saul's daughter for a reason. But anyway, when she came back, um, when he came back from a victory, he was so excited. He was dancing before the Lord. He was so excited. And she rebuked him. And all she did was harden her heart. And so you can see on this page, I put down the scripture verses, all the observations of David and how he felt, all how Michael felt, totally different spirit. David's was the spirit of the Lord. Michael's was the spirit of the enemy. And that's why she was not called um, David's wife, but Saul's daughter. I thought that was very interesting. 
And then after I was reading again, like I said, I was at the same retreat and I was reading a couple chapters later. Then the Lord showed me how Nathan did it right. He was the prophet. He knew God had sent him. So he knew he was in sin, but he didn't openly rebuke David. He said, I came to tell you a story. And he asked a story and he asked for counsel. And now I had just read this when I was dealing with my daughter and teasing. And the Lord showed me this, that go and ask your husband for counsel. And that's when he sought the Lord, and the Lord said, I have sinned. I'm the one causing this. And so it's a right way and a wrong way to work with the hearts of your husband. And so those are in there, my own personal studies, my personal things that I find. And then I always start with the scripture, write it out, the observations that I get from it. How am I going to apply it to my personal life? And then I always ask, and the K is to ask the Lord to change me to do what he needs to do inside of my heart. You can make this as shallow as you need, as deep as you need. And so when you're working with your children, if you don't have a lot of time, you know, you can spend on the same chapter three and four days. It's not like you have to rush through. But sometimes all I get is writing down my text. There's other times I would get with all the observations. And then the next day, maybe with the applications. It doesn't matter. What matters is you're spending time with God and God is teaching you. That's all that matters. And if he knows you only have five minutes, he gives you power in five minutes. If you have 20, he gives you power in 20 minutes. It doesn't matter. He cares about us, and he works with us. So these are some things that you can follow. I thank you ladies for sharing, because I know it's always when you're in the thick of it, it's different. I'm on the other end, and I get to see the blessing. Both my girls serve the Lord. So I get to see the blessing, but when you're in the middle of it, it doesn't always feel like a blessing. You're just walking by faith. You know, and saying, Lord, is it ever going to get easier? But it does get easier. Now, I am available for anybody that would like to talk. I'm available. These ladies are available on emergencies. <laughs> they have small children. But if it's something that I know that they could help you with more, I'll lead you to them and let them work with you there. All these resources up here are only resources. We ask that you not take them. But Amy, like I said, does have things that she has put together, which she will be covering mostly on Friday, explaining hers. She has amazing, she is the queen of outreach. And so she's just amazing. That's why we asked her to join us for this. And uh, so she'll be covering that. But please come look. Like I said, if you have any questions, we're here for you. And um, so thank you for coming out. Tomorrow we're actually looking at learning the joy of obedience, um, that our children could get to where they really like being disciplined. I remember the day that my daughters brought me their spanking implement. We used a wooden spoon, and they said, I have sinned. I need you to discipline me. It's such a blessing when our children come to us and say, we need you to bring us to the Lord because right now we are sinning and we need our hearts changed. I mean, there's no greater joy for a mother to see your child change. You don't have to chase them. You don't have to follow them. And the principles that we're going to share actually do work. And like I said, these women are using them right now. And it's not that they got them from me. They have their own gods and they're getting them from the Lord themselves. So the Lord teaches us. If you're just open to be taught, he teaches you. It's just nice when you see other people doing it. It's like, oh, I'm grabbing these ladies because they're in the word. And when you're in the word, God leads you. It's the same God, so he leads us to the same truth. So let's close with prayer. Kind Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much for being with us. We know that you love our little ones, and we know that you love us. Your goal is that we, you have a people that's ready for your kingdom, that you don't have grandchildren, you only have children. 
You have entrusted in our cares small children, whether it be our grandchildren, nieces, nephews, our own. You've given these precious souls into our hands to lead them for you, to help them to love you, surrender to you. I ask, Lord, that you continue to teach us. You know that we can be overwhelmed in life because of what goes on. We can be overwhelmed in our own selves as we look at our failures to our children. But, Lord, that's not what you're looking at. You're looking at the finished jewels. And, Lord, we don't have to worry about how it's going to happen. We just have to surrender and be part of you because you're going to make it happen in us. And that's all we have to remember is that you are mighty to save. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Help us to surrender today to you. Show us where we're falling short of your glory and help us to be all that you desire us to be. Thank you for the husbands that are here, the fathers, the grandparents that have come out. And because, Lord, we cannot do this work without our godly men setting those examples. They are the spiritual leaders of our home, Lord. And as women, we are more than happy to surrender under godly leadership. And so I just ask that you continue to strengthen these fathers Lord, because especially for the young boys that are in our congregations, we don't want them to think religion is just a women's thing, that it's a man's thing too. So thank you for the men that have come out. Continue to bless and lead us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.